Fisher in the Alamac Manta just cannot shake off his great rival and his lead could evaporate with a simple puncture. With this kind of pressure from behind, Bertie is really trying. Sydney Meek prepared car has run faultlessly and with Fisher's bogey stage Fanet now finally behind him, his first stunning all victory is looking more possible by the mile. Welcome along to Crunching Gears. This is the second season of Crunching Gears and I would just like to start by thanking all the guests who appeared in season one and to all the listeners who downloaded the podcast over the past six months. The response has just been truly fantastic. This uh, series will hopefully continue in the same vein. This episode is dedicated to Bertie Fisher and of course Mark and Emma. All their lives was tragically sh- cut short and after the terrible accident in January in the year 2000. So many of the guests I spoke with in season one all had great things to say about Bertie, whether it was his generosity, his sportsmanship. After 20 years, his memory still lives strong in Irish rally, and no doubt will continue for many years to come. And where better to start than a few words from Bertie Fisher himself. This was Bertie speaking to RPM a few days before the 1991 circuit of This week, Bertie prepares once again to tackle the circuit, one rally which he's yet to win. And the successful steel business he's built up in the heart of Fermanagh has to take a temporary back seat. The girders being welded here will soon be supporting a Belfast office block, but the chairman of the board has built up quite a support of his own in more than 20 years of rallying. Well, I did the circuit first in 1969 as a Navigator, as it was called then, or a co-driver, um, for a very good friend of mine who uh, still, in fact, does the odd rally, Ernie Campbell. And uh, I went with Ernie in a Mini as co-driver. And uh, in fact, I did that two years on the trot. And the second year, I had probably the worst experience of all in that uh, doing what was maybe supposed to be the easy job and the car managed to get him lost. And uh, I think we've probably even retired as a, as a result of that. So what was your first car that you actually drove on the circuit? My first uh, car was in the minis. Um, I did the circuit, I think, in 1970 in a Mini Cooper. And uh, we eventually got round the rally and finished and so on. And uh, that was the first goal. And I had a succession of minis, I think, and uh, in the early 70s. So when did you really move into competitive machinery? Was it with an Escort? Yeah, the Group 4 Escort, and um, I finished third behind uh, Pentia Rickle and Billy Goldman. And uh, sort of after the Escorts, we moved into Opel Escona, where we finished second overall, and then into the the good old Manta days. Manta was a very, very good car. It was very, very suitable and well-developed, you know, for the Irish roads. 
we had some very, very good results in the Manta days on the circuit. And of course you uh, switched to the Sierra Cosworths, but I, I don't think you liked them very much. No, my first outing with the Cosworths um, didn't turn out to be really what I expected. It was a car which was owned by Ford, and uh, I never really got to grips with the car, and I think maybe didn't try hard enough to get to grips with it. But um, no, it was, we only had that car for one year, and then uh, moved on to the BMWs. But in spite of winning the Tarmac Championship in the BMW, Fisher still felt the car wasn't powerful enough and didn't have enough grip in the wet. So it's been sold to Bill Connolly and a new four-wheel drive Sierra has been selected for Bertie's Circuit Challenge. I'd like to thank everyone who has contributed to these episodes in memory of Bertie. They've been so given of their time and their memories. In this first episode, I speak with Sidney Meek, Ivan Fisher and first of all, Austin McHale. First, I started off by asking Austin about his first memories of Bertie. Well, I came the early memories of Bertie. Uh, I him was um, probably in the uh, late 70s. Um, we were uh, riding RS 2000s and uh, Bertie was, we were spectating. He was, was a, a couple of years between us. And the um, first time really seeing Bertie was when he was in the RS 2000s, but my major memories of him was in the... Uh, the RS1800 that was uh, back in um, 1982 mm -hmm. and um, the first time that really we came up uh, in competition really against Bertie was that year in the Ulster Rally and uh, it was our first year in the uh, before Chevette at the time and uh, you know it was uh, part of the British Championship round you know all the, the British lads over etc etc mm -hmm. and uh, Bertie won the rally that's right. Yeah. Which was a huge, a huge thing for 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 all the Irish uh, rally supporters and huge for us. We were lying second, third behind at the time. I think we finished up. Um, well, no, I don't know. We finished up eventually. We, we had some road penalties, etc. But mm -hmm. uh, that was that was really the start of uh, getting to know Bertie in the competition and and uh, as a, a good friend and a very competitive competitor. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I like then you know from the like, you won on from the Chevette then you're both in Mantas at the same time, like the same spec cars and all that. So that must have been quite spectacular for the two of you. Yeah, yeah, it was really. I suppose uh, when we were we were the Chevette and uh, Bertie was in the in the, instead of the Escort, and then uh, we mm -hmm. both moved to Mantas. We had a, a very good hard fought battle probably in '83 in Donegal, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, apart of obviously Galway and all the rest of the rounds we were out in, but Donegal in particular uh, was the launch of Bertie's new Manta. And uh, we had a huge interest in the Manta um, because at that time we were negotiating with the uh, Dealer Robot Team Ireland and uh, Bertie was getting um, Dealer Sport Northern Ireland together. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be uh, two, um, uh, how would you say, uh, Opal assisted teams on the island. Okay, you know, yes. Which, which, Mm -hmm. this, I was over this crest into a 90 right and Bertie 
slipped the bank into the wing of the mountain, which nobody liked to see happen no. in the UK. We definitely didn't because with the, as I said, trying to get our whole show together for, for 94. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really the start of it. We felt very sorry for him and a conversation afterward and mm -hmm. in comparison of what the match was going to go and it was a huge interest. And like, obviously, we were watching what was happening. Sidney Meek was doing his car and he was going to be doing, doing ours shortly afterwards. Yes. And, um, you know, this, uh, the friendship and the competitive started from there, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so following on, like that was sort of um, 83 and then it was obviously um, 84 on the, the championships and the, the Circuit of Ireland was always a big one because uh, the Circuit of Ireland you'd have the Irish Championship lads and you'd have the British Championship lads coming over and um, you know we'd always be sort of class the, the uh, Bertie with uh, with uh, um, dealer sport Northern Ireland and dealer open team Ireland to be sort of a, a close association there mm -hmm. and uh, the main thing to do was to, was to try to bridge the Beat the British boys anyway. Yes. Know, so uh, uh -huh. that was very competitive that year in um, in '84, and uh, the unfortunately we went out and Bertie went out. We went out two stages from the end. I think Bertie went out and Sally Gap. Yeah. Uh, thereabouts in Wicklow in '84. But mm -hmm. you know, the, the following the years, you know, we had really good years in the Mantis. Mm -hmm. And um, then unfortunately Bertie had the uh, brake caliper. Uh, right in, Galway, in, yeah. in, in, in Galway, I yes. think it was about 86. Yep. Uh -huh. And uh, he took a few years off from the sport, or maybe 18 months off from the sport, and mm -hmm. there was a lot of hassle with insurance and safety. And, you know, just proved the man that Bertie was, you know, he was into the sport, he was into the competition, uh, he was into the rallies, but always wanted to make sure that the rallies were going to be run safely and properly. That's great. And with the other end of it as well, which a lot of people probably don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, now, he prepared, the, it was 86 Donegal, and he came back and he done done the officer that year then too. So Yeah, 86 in Donegal. Donegal was the first rally that was back in, in uh -huh. that time there because it was an insurance problem. Yes. And uh, Donegal was a guinea pig with Matt Doherty, mm -hmm. really, to try and get the sport and get more sport back on the road and get rallies back on the road here you know and to get them back onto the state again the insurance etc so mm -hmm. Bertie and Austin Fraser uh, they did the safety for the Donegal rally mm -hmm. and it went successfully thank god and uh, mm -hmm. was, there was no problems and they got the whole thing showed back on the road for everybody again you know That's right, yeah. which, which an awful lot of competitors you know afterwards you know, would have really appreciated what time that everybody put into it for funding and everything else to get the sport back on the road in them years, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I like, and then and Bertie then obviously got the bug as well, too, because he made a comeback then in 87. He did, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like, I mean, it was uh, set here when, when you know, in the sport, and he obviously wanted to make a comeback, and uh, he came made a comeback. I think it was uh, 80, 87, mm -hmm. um, as far as I can remember. But, um, um, I think he actually won Donegal. He did. He, he, finally, he, finally, he finally got that, suppose, uh, you know, uh, off his bike. It would have been always, been always very competitive. Like, and it wouldn't be just competitive, really, with with the two teams, with uh, me and Bertie, but then you had the families as well. And mm -hmm. um, you had uh, Mark and Emma. Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't be too far off. Aaron and Carolyn's, which is my son and daughter's age. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. A few years between them, you know, within the service areas, and obviously, of course, Roy. Was there as well, and Burns would have known uh, uh, 
uh, Lattice and that yes. you know mm-hmm. over, over the years you know like motorsport that time was very close with all, a lot of a circle of people you know mm-hmm. and uh, we also think when we get to um, the likes of in them years of the mountain that we get to um, get to Killarney was a, you know on the Saturday evening we're looking forward to have a yes. pint or two you uh-huh. know and uh, in Killarney when we get there and uh, to see how we're the, uh, the, the British competitors at that time as well as the main European oh yeah uh-huh. you know Yes, with the with the Audis and the, mm-hmm. the RS 200s and all the other um, competitions that was yes. going, you know. So, uh-huh. But it was always the thing that um, them years that we have. Yeah, you know, it was kind of an end of season. The rally or, uh, you know, if he won the rally, there was no begrudgery or and okay on the stages. Yes, every every second would count for it by the description. Uh-huh. But um, it would be very competitive. But uh, but that's it. When the, after the stages, that was it. Was over. The competition was over, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you'd enjoy afterwards. Yes, I the kind of Killarney, I suppose it was that end of season thing, and you could kind of relax yeah, after. Yeah, well, Killarney, like obviously, was still in. Bertie uh, was very competitive in Killarney. Yeah, you know, I think mm-hmm. I think he actually won Killarney six times in total. That's correct. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and uh, with the with the circuit of Ireland and that being based uh, in the early years in Killarney, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it was very good, and it's the whole when it was a long circuit. Like I think the last long circuit was probably about ninety eight. Was that time of year just based into Watford mm-hmm. but uh, you know in Killarney like uh, down the west coast or the east coast or back up mm-hmm. maybe into Donegal or whatever and uh, mm-hmm. you know it would be it would be, be good and really enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, you know and you, you'd be always sort of you know plugging for the, the Irish injuries of course yeah definitely yeah. you know and then, then you just like well, you just moved on then from the mountains, but um, you just went down the, the two wheel drive here but then yeah, yeah the, the mountains were sort of coming coming to an end to uh-huh. Even they're still very competitive, mm-hmm. but uh, with the uh, with the I think the dealer sport and with the uh, uh, Opel Ireland not being involved, I had to look at something else. And mm-hmm. the the, uh, the the M3s were very competitive yes. in Europe, and uh, uh, they were after winning. I think it's Patrick Styers after winning the uh, oh, the Manx. The, uh, the Manx. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I, I was actually talking to Bertie when the rally says, "What do you think about these M3s?" and so he was thinking the same as me. So you know, we we decided. I'm not saying we decided there and then that we go uh-huh. for M threes, but we ended up getting M threes, and um, both the cars were prepared by Pro Drive, and uh-huh. run by Pro Drive in the first two rallies. Uh, the first one was in the first three rallies. Actually, I think it was Galway was the first, and then the circuit and uh, Donegal. Okay, right, yes. And that was Donegal. We had them. We started in the M threes. I think it was about. I was at the. I was at. Yeah, I just. I can't, I can't remember exactly. No, but yeah. I know, I know uh-huh. he got the good results in the M3s. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, are in the M3, and um, that mm-hmm. was. Well, but then the the battle in, in Donegal was. Uh, oh, that was something else. Yeah. Because he had Vincent Bonner. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, the, the, the obviously the match was still very competitive. Mm-hmm. But it was between Bertie and us. Uh, it was. Yeah. You know. Only seconds. I think there was only like something like eight. One way. Aye. I think uh, eight seconds covered just most of the, the, the first two days, wasn't it? It was something ridiculous. It was very, it was very competitive. And, uh-huh. uh, then uh, the, uh, the pro drive lads decided to uh, change tyres or something for Bertie and they dropped 10 seconds mm-hmm. uh, or one minute, which is 10 seconds road penalties. Okay. And uh, 
uh, it ended up after three three days of hard competition that we were one with the road penalties. We had beaten them by one second, you know. Uh-huh. So, like, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, I had no issue if for any reason that they what the the road penalties were going to be. And it didn't, it didn't matter, but uh-huh. you know, and I think he felt the same way. Yes, you know, if they stood, they stood. Uh-huh. We won the rally, and if they didn't, he won the rally. Yes, and we both felt that way, and that's uh, that. The competition was there, obviously, for the three days. Uh-huh. Um, every every second of the rally, every half you could get counted, but when it came to the end, yeah, um, that was it. What it would be, would be. I think you stepped out of the car, you shook hands, and that was it. You know, so. and that was that was it. Yeah, uh-huh. obviously, I think I think uh, in the material uh, mm-hmm. on that. Sunday night was <laughs> 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 more than champagne drank. Yeah, <laughs> and more than one bottle too. Like. I, I could well imagine. Yeah. So, but and a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the stuff with uh, with Bertie, you know, so, you know, they have to go back to the establishment before you go too far away from the Mantis. Yes. Um, Austin Fraser was with Bertie in the year. True. Austin yes. Fraser, yes. Every, you know, uh-huh. Real gentleman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christy Farrell was with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris would be very white. And he'd be himself and Austin were very, very good friends as well. Okay, you know, which which made the the, the friendship mm-hmm. um, very good between the between the four of us. You know, yes. like I mean, if it's the thing that you'd be doing a recce or doing whatever uh-huh. um, um, on the Ulster or wherever the recce's would be at the time that they meet, mm-hmm. meet the, that even for fighties or whatever. You know, of course, yeah. And it was always cracking about everything else and mm-hmm. what was going on. Yes, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a good match. The you know, four of you just clicked well together. Yeah, yeah, it was a big thing with Austin. Like I mean, uh-huh. Austin, Austin, yeah, and, uh, they got on very well mm-hmm. with, with, with Chris. Chris they did. didn't get on with nobody yeah. else, but they yeah. did as two co-drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a lot in common. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I they understood each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but, um, yeah. So then into the early nineties, then you went your separate ways again. Then yeah, we uh, we saw the M3 before the recall in 1990, and um, I can't remember. Sierra. He won uh, four before Sierra at that stage, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he got the four by four. I think mm-hmm. uh, we we got the two wheel drive Sierra, but the, obviously the competition was still there and yeah. it kept up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it moved on. He started sort of then went to Pro Drive. He stayed with Pro Drive, uh, mm-hmm. back to whichever, and uh, with the with the Subarus, and uh, we went to Toyota, and the whole thing starts up again. We got to a Toyota ninety two, and Bertie was in Subaru ninety one, ninety two. I think it was, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then the battle to recommence, we were in the Salik and he was in the Panza uh-huh. and the, the Legacy first and the yeah. 1993 Legacy, so we had mm-hmm. the first one battle yes. uh, right right to the, to the, to the finish and mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know what, I can't remember what Bertie won in the years of the Legacy, but he won a few rallies, I don't think. That's but, right. Yeah, uh-huh. One Killarney in his annual. Yeah, Killarney and Donegal and yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. he, won, he won the Legacy. I know, I know he two or three wins in the Legacy in the years. And as, as a silly question, did you just compare cars? Like, did you know, you know, say that there was good points in the two, uh, and there, you know, there was good points in the the Subaru? Or... Well, there would be. We always make comparisons. Um, the the Subarus were always well known. There was a lot of uh, um, homework done on them, a lot of development done on them in um, uh, for British rounds, of tarmac here, etc. Because it would be concentrated a lot on the British Championship. Yeah, for the likes and of McRae and Burns. Yeah. The privateers here for the 
or Saints and that sort of thing, whereas Toyota were not. Okay. Uh, they, they were based in Cologne in Germany and uh, we do we do a lot of the development uh, suspension-wise, etc. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, yes, Toyota gave us a lot of help and like Gregor's Auto Saints, Toyota seen bits of peaks. Yes. Very hard to get them to hand properly, especially the, the the Corolla at the end. But you okay. know, we, yes, we would make comparisons, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, when when you be heading into reasons wet, bad wet weather, you know, like some the the Monday nights and stuff like that, and the rain and the, on the surface of Ireland or the likes of uh, Galway, when mm-hmm. when conditions and hand and tires are very poor, yes, we would make a lot of comparisons. What's the best tire to use? What do you think? Yes. Or, you know, like, I mean, even things that, uh, you know, like the spectator stage in Galway, we mm-hmm. have to walk the stage a mile and a half together. Yes, I've, I've seen there's photographs you about know, there, obviously. Like that, you know, uh-huh. and there wouldn't be, in, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't be sort of any secrecy. No. You know, like, you want to use wets or sneaks or, you know. Mm-hmm. I always remember one year in, uh, actually the first year we won the championship in Cork in 1983. And uh, Bertie had the, the new Manta, and uh, our lads, that time we were allowed to chase cars. Okay. And uh, just a torrential shower of rain come, really heavy thunderstorm of rain, and we got changed from sticks onto wet. And uh, we arrived at the start, the start of the stage, but a minute and a half maybe behind Bertie, he walked back and says, Where did you get them? <laughs> How, did you get them? <laughs> and he was sitting at the start of the stage on pure sticks. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Yeah, the conversation was, was, was fairly good. But, yes. Uh, just the way the competition was at the time, uh, he was on about two days to run the stage and it would be unfair when and the, uh, the COC came on the scene and said to me, well, said, like, you're geared up for the stage to run the stage. And I said, no, it was, it, was not, it was not a level playing field for everybody. I said, we got the tires changed legally and there's no problem. We yes. changed, we'd seen the rain coming, obviously, we'd, uh-huh. we'd seen the, and our lads were carrying the wet. So, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, they agreed to cancel the stage. I said, I have no problem cancel the stage. And like, uh, he'd think the same way himself, you know. Yes, he would have done it the same for you. The other way around. Ah. And I was looking to get this stage or whatever on safety aspects. And, yes. you know, like, it, it would not be. Mm-hmm. But that would be the way it would be, you know. Yeah, the heart rules ahead, as I say, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it would be, like, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. We always, uh, to win a stage or to on a level playing field is what the whole thing was. Ah, it was, it was more important than trying to gain some kind of unfair advantage as such. Yeah, so, uh, so, like, uh, we always think about, like, the 98 circuit. Like, that was some battle that the two years had, you know, so. Yeah, the 99... <laughs> yeah, the, uh, there was a lot of water on the bridge in between that, you know. The, <laughs> the, the, the 98 circuit dropped in our favour, but um, I can say before that, there was yeah. a lot of the events that dropped in Bertie's favour and went his way and he got the results and, uh-huh. and got the championships and got the wins in Killarney and the Donegal and all the rest mm-hmm. with us, you know, but uh, yeah, that was that was really a battle from, from the world go and uh, I suppose really at the start is, uh, we dropped a bit of time earlier on mm-hmm. uh, problems with the car but then we were at uh, coming into control of someplace else like Belfast and uh, these Marshall, for the best of the wisdom, called Brian. Brian Murphy was with me then okay. into the control early. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called him in and he went in. And I uh, said, well, in early, but I called him in. So when I went in, they, they tried to penalise him for arriving early. You know, so, <laughs> right, okay. Which didn't go, didn't go down too well with us. It didn't go down with no. Brian anyway. Yes. And uh, obviously, so uh, it was a 20-second penalty. Right. You know, and, 
Bertie was actually, I think he was in the role in front of us at the time, so like, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I said something what was going on here, so I said, don't worry about it, it probably won't be. At the finish of the rally, it probably won't count either way anyway, you know, so uh-huh. whatever. Yes. So it was left, the penalty was left fit, mm-hmm. and uh, we were coming out of, probably I think it was Watford, that we were still fairly well, a couple of minutes maybe behind, but we had Bertie down to uh, 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on to Hampton's Folly, which is the last stage. Yes. And uh, we, our lads, it um, was the opposite to getting the tyres changed, I said to you, in Cork. Okay. Uh, we, they, Bertie got changed to intermediates mm-hmm. because uh, it was starting hailstones and rain, and uh, our guys didn't make it. They got lost, so we missed it. So we were sitting to start the stage on sticks, and mm-hmm. the sticks were completely gone. The cameras were beginning to come out, and so we had to change the foot ones to the back. <laughs> and the bowed birthday <laughs> gave us a hand to change the tyres around, Jesus. you know, and that's the way the competition was. And uh-huh. um, that was it. But then, as soon as the flag dropped, that was it. And, uh-huh. uh, we we went 12 tenths, to be fair. Um, it was either we had no choice, either get the result or, or finish for a second. So, uh, uh-huh. 26 seconds off Bertie, he couldn't believe We couldn't believe ourselves yes. either, in a way. Uh-huh. But uh, then there was the uh, obviously had the finish was back in I think it was Bangor that year. Okay. And uh, the U- UAC, the best of their wisdom, decided to try and still nail this four to five penalty that they had earlier on. Okay. And, uh, which didn't work. The mm-hmm. uh, should should have never been implemented. And uh, they had to uh, do the uh, prize given down in uh, Tala in Dublin, like so. Oh yeah, like it was a week after, week later, whatever. Yeah, you know. But uh, when, when when the penalty was taken out, we won the rally by a second. Right. But um, like after whatever four days of tough that, stages, like one second. First, first man on to congratulate him was Bertie and sent uh-huh. down the champagne. Right. Uh, and Rory and it was obviously mm-hmm. Brian Murphy was with me then years and um, uh, then Bertie got he got his win the following year. So I said. Yes. We better send up a crate of champagne. You had a great win that year, I think. So I think Andrew was, was actually second in it. You know, That's right. Him and, I, him and Andrew were nip and tuck. And then that was, that was, that was the year that we had the, the, probably the last rally really in the, the league. It went over backwards into it. In oh, yes. Two, mm-hmm. two photographers and that, you know, it's a high speed accent. That's you know, right. So, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's, that, that's the way that went. And uh, that was the 99, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That was Bertie's last one, you know, and that, uh, that was his. Yeah, that was his last. That was his last win, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think ninety eight was ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost a lot of interest in the sport after that reading. Me personally, then with the uh, with Bertie's accident and that in the family, yes. and mm-hmm. Mark and him, as I said, and Roy and Gladys. Mm-hmm. We knew the family yes. well, and uh, you know it to be always that after events or a prize givings and we'll be there, etc. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Mark and them was close enough in the years to Aaron and uh, Karen, you know, mm-hmm. it was all, yeah. all the harder. Yes, of course it did, course it did, course it did. Like, as you say, when you're on the stage, is it like every second counted, but like away from it, like uh, there was, you know, the real friendship was there. What is your standout memories of Bertie Fisher, the rally driver, and Bertie Fisher, the man? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he would never leave any stone unturned to uh, be competitive. Uh, he'd always be very fair. Um, he would have 
everything to perfection in the car, tire-wise, etc. No more than what we would or I know do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Bertie Fisher was always a gentleman, I went edged earlier on uh, as regards with the insurance problems, etc. He had more about the sport or more interest in the sport than just competition mm-hmm. uh, to get the sport back on tracks. Uh, but then when he started doing some work down in Dublin, Obviously, he contacted me for different things. I said, I won't go down that road, but uh, mm-hmm. we organised what to go for him when he was getting set up his business here, etc., etc. But uh, yes. I also found him very honourable mm-hmm. and straight and decent person yeah. and the whole family as very respectable people. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you can't ask for much more than that? So. Well, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people know me. I mean, I like, talk just straight and what yes. I believe. That's the way I felt about uh-huh. the future family. Yeah. Well, Austin, thank you very much for taking the time to join us and give us your thoughts on Bertie Fisher. No problem, Kevin. Thanks, man. Thank you, now. But with the leaders, the friendly rivalry doesn't stop outside the rally cars. Um, no, you can have uh, good fun without any rivalry and stuff, you know. Uh, we're both having a fairly clean run. We could swap in seconds really all day. And... Um, so far, neither of us are having any problems, really. You have a bit of time to make up on this, man. Can you catch him? Well, I'm going to keep trying anyway. I keep the pressure on Bertie. Uh, I think um, we've had 10 seconds draw penalties. And, Be careful uh, what you're saying now, Austin. <laughs> if, we take, if we take that away, there's only three seconds between us. And I think after 10 stages, that's the difference of uh, only three seconds, you know. So it'll just give you an idea how close it is. And DeMuth is left to uphold Audi honours. But the Germans coming under increasing pressure from Fischer, about to make it a clean sweep for Opel. The closing moments of this epic rally, and Brooks, co-driven by Mike Broad, is set for an historic win. McRae and Ian Grindrod survive their last-minute dramas to finish a disappointed second, little reward for a gallant drive. While Bertie Fischer and Austin Fraser underline Opel's dominance, making it a 1-2-3. Next up is Bertie's brother Ivan. I started off by asking Ivan what it was like growing up in the Fisher household and what sparked Bertie's interest in running. Well, that's, that's maybe a long time ago for me to remember, but you know, uh, going, going back, we grew up in a, in a two story house basically. There was, there was four boys in the family, uh, mum and dad, and, and four brothers. and. In the early years, we had a we had an uncle lived with us for a, for a, uh, quite a while, and then uh, he moved out. And, and the later years, we had a cousin also lived with us who worked in the office, and my uncle had, had worked in the workshop with my dad. Uh, I suppose as regards where the motorsport end started, my my first memory of of motorsport was. Uh, whenever the old circuit of Ireland, the old five-day circuit of Ireland, would have passed through Ballymallard mm-hmm. quite regularly. Right. Uh, there was a man at that time who was a competitor in the event, a man called uh, uh, Brian McCance. Now, Brian, Brian was, a, was a steel traveller for, for uh, a company uh, where my dad bought all the steel, and we, we, we would have known Brian quite well. Mm-hmm. And whenever the rally was passing through, every year or every year that Brian was competing, he stopped. He stopped off at a house just down from us, uh, where his cousin lived. Okay. And we were always invited down at that time for to get looking around the Mini Cooper S and, and uh, sort of having known Brian and, and Bertie would have had 
quite a few dealings with Brian over the years. Mm-hmm. So that's really my first memory. But Brian, just incidentally, uh, uh, Brian McCants uh, was uh, Neil McCants' father. Ah, right, yes. So, uh-huh. so that's my first memory of, of rally cars, really. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, Bertie's is where that's probably where the introduction came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose in later years, then there was there was a couple of there was a couple of uh, what we called at that time. There was a couple of road carts came about the place. Uh, Bertie would have had a had a cart. Uh-huh. Uh, at that time, there was there was a bit of cart racing going on over at the at St Angelo over at the airfield, and Bertie got a cart from a from a Church of Ireland minister who was who was very competitive at the time, a, a Reverend Reverend McMurray Taylor. Uh-huh. And the cart came about, but the cart with an engine in it didn't really last that long around the place. So uh, I, ha- I have very early memories of Bertie towing me towing me around the yard in this cart with, with a <laughs> with a grey Ferguson tractor uh, on a on a very long rope, and and sometimes the rope got <laughs> sometimes the rope got very long, just in, so there was an odd accident. But uh, and then. I, I suppose then maybe Bertie, or the first memory of Bertie actually rallying was, was whenever uh, uh, Ernie Campbell uh, asked him to co-drive in the Circuit of Ireland one year, mm-hmm. and that was his first memory of me of of Bertie rallying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also recall the Ernie Safari rally, which was probably his first rally as a driver. Uh, he, he done that in a green in, in a green Mini Cooper. I think maybe he was number seventy-nine on the night. Now at that time, the Iron Safari Rally was was a uh, probably a night navigation with a few stages thrown in as well. Oh, okay, right, yes. Uh-huh. So it's going back. It's gone back quite a few years, and but you know, it, motorsport and motors in general was about was about for quite a long time mm-hmm. in the house. Yes. Never you were the age then, Bertie was already competing at that stage. Did they encourage you to start competing? I know you co-drove for him a couple of times, did you? Yes, once actually. Uh, back in the old Enniskillen uh, <coughs> Motor Club uh, Permapost Valley. Uh-huh. Uh, I, think it was 19, I think it was 1977, maybe, in, 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 a, in a Red Mark II, RS2000. Uh-huh. Uh, re- registration of that car, I think it was KIA 2220, which is fairly... Fairly popular, fairly well-known car at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we competed in the in the Enniskillen Motor Club Rally, and at, at that time it was known as the Permapost Rally. Okay. Now the Permapost Rally uh, is is what's now the Lakeland Stages, as you know. Ah, right, yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where it got the name Permapost, uh, the rally was sponsored by Bally Cassidy Sawmills. Yeah. Uh, at that time, Ernest Kidney, the, the Kidney family owned the sawmills and. The perma post was a very, very renowned fencing post at the time. Mm-hmm. Still is today, actually. And the the, the rally was called the perma post rally. Uh, clearly, remember Ronnie McCartney. R- R- Ronnie McCartney was was uh, running number one on the road. We were running number three, mm-hmm. and uh, Ronnie beat us by one or two seconds on the day. Right. But it was it was a good experience at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably was. Maybe 16, 16, 17 years of age at the time. I just don't remember. Maybe not even as old as that. Uh-huh. I suppose if you do the sums, it probably wasn't as old as that. But <laughs> uh, the first stage, the first stage of the rally was was run through Castle Cool Estate and then a skeleton. 
Okay. And the last stage was Castle Archdale Forest Park. And to be able to use those stages, you know, at that time was great. Like, but you wouldn't, event organizers just wouldn't, they wouldn't stand a chance of getting through those stages today. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Really, really good stages. Yeah. And uh, that must have been magic. You know, at your age, like, to be doing that, that just must have been the... You know, the, the RAC rally nearly now, wasn't it? You know, yeah, it was, was, yeah, it, was not, it, it, it definitely was a big experience, yeah. mm -hmm. and something, something I'll never forget, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, Bertie obviously went on, you know, to, you know, some of the most iconic cars in Irish Rally. Like, did you ever sit on with them in any of them tests, in any of them cars? Oh, we did. I would I have done quite a bit of testing over the years now. <laughs> uh, it probably wasn't all probably wasn't all legal, but we'd done it tonight. <laughs> It was done at uh, some uh, ungodly hours of the night and morning, but mm -hmm. yes, I remember. I, I remember sitting there on a few tests now. Uh, so what do we certainly do? Uh, you know, locally, in fact, you know, we we've done quite a bit of testing locally, and if it was ever uh, up at Sydney, makes with them uh, up at what was known as the Bush Performance Centre. Then mm -hmm. it, it then moved on to be known as Sydney Make Motorsport. We've done quite a bit of testing up there as well, and I suppose. I suppose maybe the, 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 the one run that sticks out in my mind as regards testing was a, a, a run in the uh, in the M3 BMW. Oh, yeah. It's a great car. Uh, mm -hmm. it, was, it was up over a local old circuit of Ireland stage locally, known as the Mullock Main and the Skilling Rugby Club Road. Uh, okay. And it was probably quite quite late on at night, maybe, maybe even in early in the morning, whenever this... A lot of this was taking place for mm -hmm. for, for obvious reasons, <laughs> and uh, for some reason or other, we met we met a police car driving the stage in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. So immediately then we we reverted back onto the alternative roadbook and returned to service. Let's say. <laughs> in in later years, then I suppose when I got my driving license, you know, there was there was. Uh, Multiple weekly runs up and down the road to Sydney makes with you know bringing cars up or lifting cars or bringing parts up and 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 then that led on to being sort of becoming maybe slightly more involved in the service crew area. Uh -huh. uh, we had some back in those days. We had some very strange types of service vehicles and service barges. Uh, <laughs> there was Mark II Cortina Estates and. Uh, there was a couple of couple of different variants of service trailers built over the years. Yes, uh, I remember. I remember one one uh, one trailer being built for to go servicing on the circuit of Ireland, and uh, this trailer was built maybe in two or three days and fully kitted out and had a had a wheel rack on top of it. And Sydney and I were towing it with a Triumph 2.5 PA overdrive. So. Uh -huh. That was a great experience out of Sydney making that motor. Uh, yes. And then when, when when Sydney would get tired driving, you know, I, I would have done a bit of driving in the car, and it was it was one car I always remember driving like this button, this this button that you could flick on the on the top of the gear stick, and it just all of a sudden give you another gear. It was uh -huh. a big car to drive. Yes. And then uh -huh. after that, we moved on. We went up market, then we moved on to a Nissan Blueboard estate. <laughs> With a tire rack on the top of that, so not now. They were all good times, like you know, they're all all really fond memories now. I have to say, yeah, uh -huh. there's definitely uh, been some buzz at that stage. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, your mum and dad must have the great pleasure in Bertie's success. You know, they're often captured at the ramp there by RPM, or, you know, as you were alluding to earlier there about the rally stopping in Ballin the Mallard, you know, they're always out there cooking the breakfast for the crews and all that. Must yeah. be very special for the family, that. Happy road, yes. Um, yeah, I have to say, you know, uh, mum and dad was always, uh, they were, the, they were always always very fond of the rally, you know, they definitely, they definitely were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they endorsed running Bertie down at, at Motorsport, they were fully behind him, and as you, as you said there, Kevin, you know, catering, catering at the Ulster Rally was was uh, a big thing then for raising funds for the local churches and that, and, and mm-hmm. you know, whenever whenever the cars came off that Mullock McMain stage, whenever, which I alluded to before, you know, we were just about three miles from the Mullockmean stage and the cars came off the end of the stage and straight down into Ballinamallard and into the yard for, for service and, and breakfast and mm-hmm. uh, it was all it was all good fun and you know it, it brought a great buzz about the village and you know kept kept a lot of people kept a lot of people involved in the sport. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you know they were they were really enthusiastic. They were both they were just really both for real Bertie fans, there's no question about that. Like. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and and your, dad, your dad always get the, the wee drink of champagne as well, too. That's right, that's right, right, indeed, yeah, yeah. Funny, just something, something's came into my head there now, just uh, I remember one, one Donegal, uh, one event, I can't remember whether it was the first or second Donegal that he won, but things was going well on the Saturday night, and, and uh, um, I came home on the Saturday night with the, with with the intention of if if Bertie ended up winning the rally, that we would bring them down to bring them down to the finish ramp in Donegal, because you know you often went to these finish ramps and maybe when you got there you got a bit of disappointment that the rally hadn't went to plan. And, right. But anyway, it was looking. We got the call on the Sunday. It was looking pretty good that that uh, he was going to he was going to win the event. So we headed off to headed off to Letter Kenny from Ballinamore, which is probably about probably fifty fifty five miles maybe and. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be doing it in an hour and fifteen or twenty minutes. An hour and fifteen minutes, probably back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had my wife Hazel in the back of the car, and my dad and mum and I was in the front. And we were going down. We were going down over some very bumpy roads, you know, down through Castle Derrick and across the mountain into Castle Finn and over to Convoy. And mm-hmm. used to come out onto the main road up beside Jimmy McDade's garage there. But every 15 minutes in the back of the car, it was saying, Ivan, you may slow down these bumpy roads. As you know, I can't hack these bumpy roads. And, mm-hmm. and the next thing you'd, you'd, you'd have mum saying, she'd be looking at the watch, Ivan, you may hurry up or we're going to miss it. Well, if we're going to miss this for finishing this rally, you know. So I was sort of stuck between the two stools as to who to, who to listen to. But I sort of kept, every time I slowed down, I kept building the speed up again gradually. But I can clearly remember when I, whenever we got into Letter Kenny. Uh, or into yeah, into in Letter Kenny at the Mount Eregal, as it was known then, or, or the, the uh, Bolly Rain, <laughs> maybe it was. Uh-huh. Uh, it was either Convoy or a full pipe on, was just starting to pipe up over the ramp yeah. with, uh, with Bertie Scar coming behind, so we made it in time. Yeah. <laughs> so we did, because they, they, they didn't actually go to many of the events at that time, because uh, Teletex had just came on on stream then, and yes. we were able to watch a lot of the results from Teletext and ah, Teletext okay. in, in our house was a big thing. Like it never on the weekend of a rally, it just never went off the screen. <laughs> you, you weren't allowed to turn the TV over from Teletext. 
So you know, was, rallying then was important to Bertie, but like obviously family and business always took the priority. Yeah, well, certainly the family and business definitely took priority. I'd have to say that you know, uh, uh, you know, certainly the family and business was was top of his list, and I'm not sure in what order sometimes, mind you. <laughs> I, would, I would say you need to ask that ask that question to Gladys, but uh, you know, I can safely say it never took priority, and you know. In fact, many, many times I can remember decisions being made, you know, at, at the last minute, maybe when all the preparation was done, that, you know, if something became urgent in, in, the, in the business, you know, Bertie would just make the decision, he would just make the decision not to compete, and that would be that, you know, mm -hmm. there would be, you know, there'd, there'd be no sleep lost over him. Yeah. So, no, he was, uh, I think he got most things in life right, as regards mm -hmm. priorities. Yeah. And Mark and Emma both were heading on for greater things. Mark behind the wheel of and and Emma and her work for charity and it was the church, you know. That's right. That's right. No, Mark, Mark and Emma, they were, they were uh, I suppose, as individuals, they were, they were, they were in a league of their own, really. Like they were, you know, they had, they just had so much to offer. You know, they were both very full of enthusiasm for life. And mm -hmm. Both knew, I suppose, when the time was right, they both knew. How to be able to enjoy themselves as well, like, but no, they were, they were two great individuals now. <laughs> and in, you know, the years went on then to set up the Fisher Foundation, and like that has, you know, to this day is still providing much needed, you know, much needed help for the charities that Emma's involved in and in rallying as well. Yeah, that's right, yes, yeah, uh, probably at the end of 2001 or, or early 2002. The, the, uh, the business uh, Fisher Engineering took the decision that that we would uh, we would set up the Fisher Foundation. Uh, so we spoke with the Fermanagh Trust, who who are still the current managers of the foundation, and uh, the foundation was set up originally uh, by an original investment from Fisher Engineering, and then in later years or in just after the foundation got up and running, like there, there came major contributions in from, from other business associates and, and just individuals that wanted the felt they wanted to, to contribute, you know. Mm -hmm. And every year there goes there goes grants out to motorsport safety and uh, overseas missionary and, and out, outreach work and you know it's it's, uh, it's still going very well. Yeah, it definitely is. It was it was uh, yeah, isn't it, isn't it fantastic to see the legacy that's on all these years That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So, like, then, you know, we go forward then a few years in, and Alistair, you know, took up rallying. You know, was there a level of expectation on him with the Fisher name, do you think? Uh, you know, Alistair, Alistair started to rally, and to, to be quite honest, I don't even remember the, the, the start of it all because... You know, he never came and said he just wanted to for try rally, and you know he was he was he was out and about quite a bit with Peter and Gary Jennings. So uh -huh. I suppose I would be feel comfortable enough maybe in pushing the blame onto them for that. <laughs> so they were probably much to blame for, or as much to thank, or whatever way you want to put it. Yes. For getting for getting Alistair involved as I was, mm -hmm. uh, I think Alistair did his first rally. Uh, in the co-driver seat, actually, with Peter Jennings, a local local stage rally, and and then after that, you know, we still wasn't the age for the license, so we, him and I, him and I, done a bit of that uh, rally sport association 
Oh yes. Uh-huh. Up at, up at Affidary and, and Bluestone Quarries and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. it you know, he was showing a bit of promise there and I think he won I think maybe he won a championship or two up there, the junior championship or two up there at the start and Okay. And then when you when you formed out then we we purchased a, a black Suzuki Swift. Mm-hmm. Which I think was probably if you're living in Fermanagh, it, it had to be an ex Harry Gaffier. Yeah, I was <laughs> just thinking that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we kept that car running, Jerry, Jerry McGarty took on to run that car, and uh, it served him well. You know, he, he'd done his first stage rally in, in that car, and uh, he, had a, he had a very good co driver in that car, too, at the start. I think, I think I was the first co driver there, so, you know. <laughs> That was, that was definitely a big help to him, but he, he complained afterwards that the, the, probably the weight distribution maybe wasn't doing him any favours. So, I often wonder you know, where he would be today if I had a stayed on co driving like you know, <laughs> Who knows how many championships he might have won by now? This is it, this is it. <laughs> But it, it must give you a lot of pride to see the way that, you know, he's carried on that Fisher name, the way he conducts himself, so professional, you know, it's it's almost like a like a, a mini birdie or mark. He's so methodical, so professional, the way he conducts himself in a rally car too, isn't it? Okay, he is, yeah. You know, Alice, Alice is quite reserved. Like he's, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty quiet looking and he, he, he's a... He's a long, hard thinker, you know, and and he he plans the thing out, and and he's you know he he does a lot of his uh, his pre-event preparation is always good, and you know he goes he goes about things the right way, and, and mm-hmm. you know we always have the right people around him, you know he's he's Gordon obviously keeping him right within the car, you know, and uh, Jerry McGarry, I have to, I have to say, you know, if it wasn't for Jerry McGarry, you know. I don't think Alistair would have come on at the pace he came on at. Like you know, Jerry was Jerry was so so enthusiastic. Like Jerry, Jerry just seen Alistair as a as another mark, basically. You know, yes, he couldn't he couldn't do enough for him. Like you know, and just wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to drive more. He wanted to be his mentor and mm-hmm. probably still is his mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And then so, you know, but, uh, Alistair's, Alistair's rallying career was, 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 was still has been and will be hopefully a great time ahead. Uh, you know, we got great enjoyment out of the rallying, especially the years in the W in the you know in the WRC Academy and the JWRC. Oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. You know, you were getting away to events every every couple of weeks, and you know it was good. Mm-hmm. And, like, up, and you know, up there competing with the best that you know there was, and 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 you know, and certain times it was. Way ahead of the rest. Oh no, on his on his day, if he had a good day, like he was on the, you know, he was he was going to be hard to beat, certainly. Mm-hmm. But he, 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 that's for sure, that's for sure. And then you know, we'll skip forward then to Galway uh, twenty twenty. He finally got that elusive first tarmac championship rally won. Like, yeah, that was a very special day. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Yeah, it, it, it was certainly good to get. Certainly, good to get the win. You know, we set out last year, 2020. We, we said, look, we've, we've tried the championship a lot of times, and and we give it, we give it another go. And you know, if it starts off well, we will stick at it. But if it doesn't, we're not, we're not bothered because you know, it's just, uh-huh. you know, just all the time. Of 
course, so Sword's Law started off well and then the championship finished. <laughs> so it was nice to get the win in Galway and to take the to take the polo out and and, the, yeah. and to take it take it onto the podium, you know, on his first on his first drive, you know, was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very tricky event, mind you. Yeah. Oh, was. It was, it was, yeah, that's and then to have like Bertie's great competitor Austin McHale there at the finish line as well, uh, you know that's right, that's right, uh, that, that was a nice touch. Austin, Austin uh, we would meet Austin and Bernie. You know what? Quite a few other events actually, Kevin, over the years. Like okay, right, yes. Uh, Aaron, Aaron was back out competing then, you know, and, and we would we would bump into Austin and Bernie, Bernie uh-huh. quite a bit. Of course, you never seen Austin and Bernie without without Brian Murphy as well, you know, the sort of. Uh-huh. It, was, it was a threesome which we always like to meet up with, you know. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, as, as, as it was, then just on the on the last stage of the event, obviously, as you know, congregates at the at, at the stop line, and uh-huh. and uh, once the word came down from the finish then that he he had won the rally, yeah. Austin, Austin, Bernie, and Brian, I would say, were probably the first ones to, to come up and congratulate us, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so uh, there was a lot of good times with Austin and then whenever, whenever they were both competing. Uh-huh, for sure, for sure. The, the one question that I've been asking everybody, you know, the, the standout memories, the, you know, the standout memory of your brother and then, you know, the rally driver as well. Yeah, well, so I suppose as a brother, obviously with him being the oldest and, and I was the youngest in the family, I always looked up to him, I suppose, for guidance and advice, you know. Uh, uh-huh. It would be fair to say, I suppose we had, well, I suppose we had pretty much identical personalities to an extent, and, and you know, with the, pretty much the same interests with motorsport and music and socialising. I suppose we were, yeah, we were probably, mm-hmm. probably out of the same mould, I would say. And uh, I suppose, as regards to being a brother again, you know, I think I would have to still blame him for taking me to the local pub for the first time, but. <laughs> I think I had to buy the drink, maybe. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, and then well, I suppose then it was it was your boss as well too, was it? Yes, yeah, he, he was the boss as well, which was very important. <laughs> you know, no, certainly uh, as a as a man and a businessman and the boss, you know, or no hesitation in saying in my eyes, you know, there, there was none better than Barry Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that I've spoke to, it says like right from the top man down to the the guy that was driving the forklift or whatever. Bertie knew them by name, and they at that time was known by their first name and called by their first name. Yeah, he was firm and fair. Like you know, he was very firm, boss, and and but but very fair, like and generous, generous to a fault with everybody. And and then the standout as as the rally driver then. Ah well, now you can you can imagine look, over the years there was a lot of like there's a lot of standout memories uh-huh. from the rally, and I, I suppose one that, that would stand out a lot, mind you, was was uh, uh, one of the Manx prize givings in, in in the casino in Douglas. It was the night where he got up and, and sang actually he he sang a song called "Where Are All the Oddies Gone?" <laughs> They've smashed or broke them all but one. Well, that. That was a three or four verse song which he composed between the finish ramp and the prize given ceremony. Yes. Um, obviously, 
not wanting to offend anybody or, or, or maybe thinking that someday he would end up driving an Audi. Bertie <laughs> uh, actually spoke to the Audi team management and asked their permission could he sing the song. So they, they, they thought at the time it was a great idea. So the song was sang and it, you know, he got a, 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 I think he got a standing ovation for the song. And I would, ha- I would have to say that, you know, I would have to say definitely to this day, it is one of the best rally parties ever I probably attended. Uh-huh. It was it was a great a great night and a great morning. Yeah, <laughs> and so that was, just that just shows that you know the the caliber of the man. Like it's you know driving a rally car flat out, jumping out of it, having the the wherewithal to think of that, and then to get the okay from the the team bosses to make sure it was all right before he would even yeah. sing it. You know, so all the all the sport came to the mindset that year, and I think they had I think they had three if not four. Four quattros with them, like you know, and uh-huh. they were just beating, like they were beating hands there, and they had, oh, okay, they had plenty of problems as well, like, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where he came up with this idea of singing the song, but it yeah. definitely went down, definitely went down the street at the price given. <laughs> so, uh, I suppose then, Kevin, just for the wind up, maybe just uh, a lifelong, lasting memory uh, would have been the last phone call, basically on the on the Sunday morning. Okay. Nice memory to look back on. Ivan, I think that's as nice a place we'll wrap it up there, isn't it? So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, Kevin, as I say again, thanks very much for ha- having me on and, and taking the time to do these shows because they're, they're definitely definitely very well worthwhile. No problem at all. Thank you. Bertie Fisher in the Tough Mac BMW has nothing to lose, so it's maximum attack. <laughs> Spotlight was on Ulsterman Bertie Fisher once again. It was his 17th international rally victory and enough to clinch a record fourth Ulster win. Not a bad weekend's work. Yeah, we had a really, we had a very good run. We had a bit of a slow start and then we had a little problem this morning. It didn't really catch, cost any time, but uh, maybe enough my confidence a little bit. I wasn't concentrating as I should have been, but from then on it's been fine, you know, no problem. Fantastic. Well done again. Brilliant. Old Todd girls, here comes Bertie Fisher and Rory Kennedy in the Tough Mac Subaru Impreza. Bertie was expected to be favourite, but he wasn't expected to open out almost half a minute's lead after just four stages. The Sydney Meek Run Subaru is fastest on every one of the opening tests. Next up is Sydney Meek. Sydney was responsible for the preparation of British cars right from the very early days, right through to the last events in 1999. I started off by asking Sydney how he first got to know Bertie. Ironically, I met Bertie through his engineering business. Um, I was employed by the drainage division here in, in Northern Ireland, and um, we needed some specialised body for lorries, and somebody spoke to me about uh, Fisher Engineering, and that's where I went and got the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was my first introduction with Bertie, yeah. Uh-huh. So how did that develop then from uh, building lorry bodies to, uh, to rally cars? Well, he, uh, he had noticed that I had been interested in rallying and had built my own, initially a Ford Angler, which we used to finish fourth in the Northern Irish Championship. Okay. 
this like you'd only ever been working in your own car so like Bertie was your first customer as well Yes, I just moved. I had a couple of group uh, Mark ones, and then uh, built a Mark two one. Then didn't you? Um, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Um, I remember going over to David Sutton to to get some bits um, for to build the Mark two, and mm-hmm. uh, David, a, a gentleman, but um, we we needed a pedal box in a hurry to make it comply with the first rally Birdie was doing. Okay. Okay. Um, David said to uh, Philip on Lumley, he says, take that out of that car you're building and give it to Bertie. Mm-hmm. We got it, but mm-hmm. we, we were charged maybe three times the normal price of it, but I know it was gone. Uh-huh. Probably at that point you just needed it and that was it, wasn't it? You know? We needed it, that was it. So, um, like he had great success even in the Group One cars, then, and then he took the plunge. But it must have been about seventy-eight. Then he took the plunge and won Group Four. Um, he got the ex-Cathcart car, wasn't it then? Uh, first, uh, he bought uh, Roy. Roy had um, a Group Four car, and he bought it. We refitted it, brought it into up to date, and um, yeah, that was the start of the. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um and then and then was the CIL nine nine nine, was that a car that you just built yourselves in? The, the you know, the next car and and CIL nine 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 was the next car uh, we built ourselves, yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It took one down the the route of the, the Monte Escort, one of the Monte Carlo ones. It ne- never seemed to click here in Irish Tower that car, did it?
mm-hmm. it was ideal. Yes. But it was done on something like 11 inch rims on their gear. Okay. Um, if you got a bit on narrow, narrow stages, it just you were uh, off the road with. Uh-huh. Uh, you were just, uh, you ran the grass kind uh, of thing, and then it was a struggle. <laughs> uh, that's it, yeah. uh-huh. It then, it, as I say, it didn't last too long. But then, was there a, was that like the red Mark II then CIL nine nine nine? Was that a second coming of nine CIL, or was that was that a completely new car again? Yes. Okay. From from to stick around and to do I think with the Ulster rally or whatever. Right. Yes. But um, um, then we resurrected the old shell. Had time them to to get the chassis legs, everything was straightened up again. Right. And uh, I think that was that was the end. Whatever event he done, I think it was the Manx he done in that there, and then that was probably the end of CIL. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like you know, it won the Ulster in '82 in the CIL, yeah. the red car. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you know that was, yeah. and that was a fantastic result then, because you know you were you were against the best of the Irish guys and the British guys was over that year as well too. So, well, that, well, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I mean, if everything clicked, if you just had the right, everything happened at the right time and early on form, mm-hmm. early was always in form. If he had done a small event, maybe a week or two weeks before. Right. Yes. And then come the the, the main event, uh-huh. it was on form, you know, and that, that, that worked out for the Ulster Rally, yeah. Uh-huh. I, he had a wee bit of time in the seat and he, had, he was up to, uh-huh. up to speed then. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, but by 83 then he had changed the, the car again then to, it went down Ascona for the first few months, but that was really only a holding station until the month had come along. was originally built for Jimmy McRae by Bowen Catini. Okay, right, yes. And Jerry Buckley might have even drove in it uh-huh. and then Bert got it. Uh-huh. Done a couple, I don't know how many events were done with that car, but uh, mm-hmm. then all went into the match. Yeah, I made the debut then for in Ireland here was Donegal 83. Donegal was right, the gold card sponsorship uh-huh. from Shell. Uh, mm-hmm. right. yeah. yeah, and like, you know, it was going really well, but just bad luck again. Like, always with Bertie, always seemed to have a lot of bad luck in Donegal, especially the early years, didn't he? You know, so. uh, I sometimes simple things, you know, sometimes uh-huh. just, um, that's mm-hmm. the way it went, but um, mm-hmm. oh, Tony Fall uh, uh, was in charge of the, the whole GM thing in Russellheim, and he come, he come to me, and um, when he seen Bertie's car at the Mm-hmm. He said, uh, we need to be helping, helping this guy here. So okay. from then on, Tony Fowler was a major, major help in the Opal, in the Opal scene. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Uh-huh. And it was, all, it was all because of Bertie, because yeah. he, was the, well, he was the first one to have, you mm-hmm. know, to have that sort of car and that sort of sponsorship. And, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was, it was opening doors for you and for Bertie as well. Opening doors, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Because Tony phoned in me to go to Spain to see what they were doing in Spain, with the amount of money that people were giving them in Spain. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, we got uh, six years running the Spanish. That's right, uh, yeah. And the kind of late the Gravel Championship. The Gravel Championship. Yes. That mm-hmm. was a major, major thing I'm in. That was all because of Bertie. Yeah, that all come back to Bertie again too, yeah, because he was... Because it not only come back to Bertie, it come back to all the guys that I had working for me. And sometimes I had 10 or 11 uh-huh. guys working for me and they were... I mean, I could run through the names, but I'm going to leave somebody out of it. Aye, that's the thing, yes, but... Uh, yeah. You know, I had 10 magnificent guys working for me. It's all about a team effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked night and day, and they worked night and day, and drove night and day, so mm-hmm. it was all that, that whole Spanish program was all because of Bertie, but because of the team as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, like, he opened the door, but then you were able to step in and That's make right. the most of it. Yeah. You just went on then to try to tackle the, the British Championship and the Irish Championship. Like that was a, a busy, busy year then as well. Oh, unreal. <laughs> yes. Unreal. I mean, we're doing 14 rounds of the Spanish Championship on Tarmac. Uh-huh. We're doing eight rounds of the Gravel Championship in Spain as well. Right. And then we're doing what we're doing at home as well. Like yeah. Was, uh-huh. So uh, there, there wasn't much sleep for a few years then. There was no sleep. <laughs> I remember one of the guys um, working for me. You need to know the guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Gary Wilson. Right. And uh, Gary had a bad impediment in his speech. You know? Okay. But we worked, we started one sun, one Sunday night at 12 o'clock, and we never stopped until the Wednesday morning. Okay. <laughs> and we headed across from the workshop over to the house to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. And Gary said to me, you know, he says, uh, he always called me Sam for some reason, you know, but. <laughs> If you can imagine him saying, uh, Sam, uh, the, uh, the birds are singing, I wonder are they going to bed or getting up? <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't know whether it was night or day? No, I didn't know that. Unreal. That was the way it went. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know, Bertie then was his egg, then he lost the brakes in Galway. And like yeah, that was, you know, that I think sort of maybe Bertie talked about retiring at that stage and all too, didn't he? He must have got an awful uh, scare. It could you know? have been, it could have been a big, big accident, yeah. It could have been a big accident. And, and I have to hold our hands up, like, in all fairness, we were putting these AP brake calibers on the on a Manta. Uh-huh. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't fit, and we filed the calibers on. Right. And we didn't leave a uh, radius edge in the, where we were fat away, and this would happen to our fault. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, mm-hmm. that's one of those things we, mm-hmm. we held our hands up and said, right, we should have done that. But yes. It'll never happen uh, again, kind of thing, you know. You know, so. uh, you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, but like, Bertie come back then in mid 87. And I think maybe the breakaway done him good because he was back hungrier than ever. 
Like he won, he won, he came back and he won the Manx National Rally that year. And then, as you say, you know, a couple of weeks before Donegal, and then by the time he got to Donegal, he was up for the fight. He led from the start right through. That's right. And he got his first, he took his first Donegal one. And then going on even to the Ulster that year against Mark Lovell in the, the Ford backed Sierra. And That's right. Put a massive battle up to him as well too, didn't he? You know, so. Oh no, I mean, oh no. I said here earlier there, like if he'd done something very specific, um, he was so much involved in his own business that he just had to switch off on a Thursday and then go to do a rally on a Friday or Saturday, Sunday. Uh-huh. If he'd done something the weekend before, he was more in the in the seat. Yes. I mean, you know, just switching off and going wasn't mm-hmm. so much in his head. Yes, uh, he was flat out at work to, to turn all that off and jump into a rally car, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. yeah. But he introduced me to a few characters, you know, um, Stephen Finley, Hugh O'Brien, um, different guys, you know. But and uh, well, well, I suppose then we should skip forward a few years from like, whenever the Manta era finished the BMW M3 route. Like, um, uh, coming from ProDrive. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't build the car now. ProDrive got into the, the BMs and uh-huh. they built the car now. We ran it for them. Yes. Um, we've done a few tweaks on it and modifications and maybe someone that ProDrive didn't like, but uh-huh. we, <laughs> we made it a bit easier to handle and service areas and things. But, uh-huh. um, no, that that was a short probably run of BM and then he mm-hmm. moved into, into the Subaru. So. Yes. Uh-huh. And like, you know, like, this, was, this was some leap for, forward in technology, wasn't it? Four-wheel drive, turbocharging. Like, oh, this, yeah. this, this, they were some car from the Atlanta that started them legacies and all, weren't they? So. Oh, right. we, we, well, obviously we weren't so much involved. We were working involved with the car initially yes. um, because we were doing the Spanish program and uh, that mm-hmm. all we done basically was ProDrive built the car and we ran it for him on all the whatever events he was doing. Okay. Um, again, you know, no, we didn't, we didn't have any input into the building of the car or how it was looking for Irish rallying or whatever, but uh-huh. it was a different era just Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and Bertie had, you know, a lot of success in the Subarus over the them few years, you know, from '92 on right up through to '99. Like, it's some fantastic battles. Along, you know, you think oh, that, yeah. you know, you think the likes of Austin McHale, James Cullen, yeah. uh, Andrew Nesbitt, just to name three. Never mind the rest, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you, as I said to you one other time. Um, you remember all the, the events, the dates, and how they done and all. Uh-huh. Some of the boys at work tell me that I was too interested in writing invoices and not writing <laughs> down the reports. <laughs> you, you could tell me all the parts you did after a certain rally. <laughs> <laughs> Bertie brought a, a level of professionalism to the sport too in Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, all, there was already a level of professionalism there. I mean, uh-huh. uh, Billy Coleman, probably.
great friend. Known him for forty years. Uh -huh. um, very professional as well, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, somehow, Bertie probably Billy's era was way back in Thomas Motors days and and the early Ford days, and then Bertie sort of come in then after that. And I don't know. It's, 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 uh, you could read about Thomas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, uh, it's you know he brought in like. Uh, Kieran McNallan was his team manager, you know, right. all them wee bits and pieces that probably allowed Bertie, just as you talked about earlier, to switch off and jump into the car and just drive and not have to worry about the rest. Like what Bertie was bringing to you as a, like a, a friend, obviously as well, but as a like a team, you know, it meant, you know, introduce you to all these people and all these other That's different right. things that just help develop your business, you know. And like that was, uh, no, no, no doubt. I mean, when we started Bertie wanted whatever was new in the car and I would have gone on to Peter Ashcroft or uh -huh. uh, your man Alan Wilkinson at that time and forward and they would give us the update on everything. Yes. Uh -huh. So we got once we got that and got it in Bertie's car and then mm -hmm. Brent and Fagan needed it, Vincent Muller needed it. Yes. Sarah needed it. Everybody mm -hmm. needed it. I think so uh -huh. No, it was all it was all Hinstone Birdies. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he he led the field and the rest followed. Is he led, mm -hmm. Well, he was up to date with all. Maybe didn't always work, but mm -hmm. he he led the development work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that continued even right through even the Subaru days with Pro Drive too, didn't they? He always. I did that. Uh -huh. did, you know, it was things that you needed to have for Irish tarmac. Mm -hmm. As opposed to going to do their world championship and things, you know, it was mm -hmm. um, it was differently tweaks you needed over here than than you probably didn't need on, on some of the world championship events. Yeah, I like that maybe Corsica or whatever, you know, it was different. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And little did Bertie realise at the time he had a guy that went on to one five WRC rallies, changing his wheels right. for him too, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. but, uh, you had to earn his keep somewhere or other. Bertie Fisher, the man, mean to you, and what Bertie Fisher, the rally driver, what's you know, whenever says something to you know, Bertie Fisher, there's that you know, that rally driver, what's the one memory that sticks out to you then? It's hard to put it into one memory, like, I mean, uh -huh. Bertie was a few years younger than me, very three or four years younger than me, but. For some reason, I he, he was so much in command of his. Um, I, well, anything he said, I never doubted it. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, uh, you know, it was times he of me, and in the nicest possible way to put it over. But uh, no, I always looked up to Bertie. He was education-wise, he was probably. A step ahead of me. Okay. Uh, um, he was just a gentleman. The whole family was the same. Mm -hmm. and his father was the same. So, mm -hmm. well, it was just, uh, I don't know how to put it in the words, really. Yes, I just, I just, it done everything in the right way and it was done correctly. And... Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. There was nobody, there was nobody that didn't, uh, nobody had a crossword with Bertie. 
Alan Mallard, you're in the Kingdom of Fisher, and the whole family has turned out to welcome the rally. Although it is still only 7 a.m., Bertie's wife, Gladys, has already cooked 500 breakfasts, ably assisted by Granny Fisher, who no doubt has reserved a special treat for her son, Bertie. That was Sydney Meek, Aidan Fisher, and Austin McHale, and myself, Kevin Glendening, on the part one of this Bertie Fisher tribute. The second part will be out in the next few days, and in that I will speak to Nigel Fraser, Kieran McAllen, Ivan Fury, and Gordon Noble. Can you please like and share it on all social media platforms? And if you listen to an Apple podcast, can you please rate the podcast? It's greatly appreciated. Until the next time, take care and speak soon. Bye.